The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. for pizza used to be a real hassle for us. We like ours thin and crispy. And we like our pizza thick and chewy. But ever since we discovered the Pizza Hut restaurant, everybody gets what they want. Mm, thin and crispy. Mm, thick and chewy. And they make all their pizzas one at a time. By hand. So whether you like your pizza like this, or like this, Pizza Hut's something the whole family can agree on. Right, family? Right! <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of Retro Pop. You're home for bi-weekly pop culture discussions every, well, other week on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts alongside, as always, Mr. Johnny Townsend. Johnny, how are you today? I am hungry, my friend. <laughs> I wish I could think of one thing to eat, maybe a slice of something. I don't know. I just need something. Maybe put some toppings on a thing, <laughs> that maybe like in a circular shape. I just need something. You know what I mean? I'm just craving something. Craving. Absolutely craving. We have been pushing this episode very hard uh, the last couple weeks, and I am excited to really get into it today. Uh, you know, we are, you and I are both large men. Yes, yes. There's uh, no denying. We love food. We love food. Yes. Uh, I will never lie about that. I would never, food is amazing. It is amazing. And, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I honestly could say that pizza is probably my favorite universal food. Oh, I, oh we're not alone in that. I like it's it's very rare to find somebody who just doesn't like pizza. And I can't think of maybe but one person in my life who ever said they hated pizza. And still to this day, I think they were just trying to say that to be different. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the same person who said they've never seen a Star Wars movie. Yes. It's like you've, you've seen a Star Wars movie. Yeah, you're full of crap. I know you've seen one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. You may not have liked it, but you've seen it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't hide your shame from us. Um so, all right, without further ado, everybody, let us get into uh, our main topic of the show and our personal history with Pizza Hut. Turn the pizza around! It's stuffed crust, you eat it backwards! Hey. Carry on! In case you forgot, you're supposed to eat stuffed crust backwards. With a ring of cheese baked right into the crust, it's the most fun you can have with the pizza. Right now, a large one topping is only $9.99. Pizza Hut, the best pizzas under one roof. Do you like to work here? I'm not housebroken. All right, Pizza Hut, man. I remember growing up as a kid in the 90s. I was a 90s kid, and Pizza Hut was everything. A night out to Pizza Hut was awesome. It was a treat. You know, on our very first episode, I did say that, you know, I associate Nintendo Domino's Pizza and Ninja Turtles with the 80s. Well, I associate the 90s with Pizza Hut. That's pretty much what it is for me. I love pizza and Pizza Hut. It's such a special environment, the commercials, the pop culture, uh, you know, it, it just everything just works about it. And obviously it's not, I don't think it's as ingrained in pop culture as it used to be especially in the 90s, uh, which we're going to get to some different things in that respect. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it was, man. Pizza Hut was 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 special. You know, you go there nighttime, everybody's there. Go there on a weekend, everybody's there. Toys, video game arcades, just, just a very fun atmosphere. Yeah, very much. I very much agree here. I was, I'm a late 80s, 90s kid, too. Uh, so Pizza Hut was a, a big deal for me, especially with the Book It program. Uh, I felt like not only did I, get, I, I loved reading at the time too, so like it was a, a double awesomeness. I'd get to read and I'd get pizza for it. Uh, you know that's pretty amazing. So and also I've made no bones about it. I'm a giant Ninja Turtle nerd, and uh, Pizza Hut started doing Ninja Turtle stuff. Yes, and then also uh, I love dinosaurs, and Land Before Time came out at a perfect time for me. And Pizza Hut did Land Before Time stuff, so uh, they kept getting some great stuff for uh, little uh, little child Johnny uh, to want to join in on. And I love, I mean, obviously I love pizza. I'm a pizza nerd too, as well. And when, especially when I was a kid, uh, you know, that was by far my favorite pizza was Pizza Hut. And my uh, 
that's the only pizza my parents for the longest time would ever even get would be Pizza Hut pizza. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah we'd go out for it. We never order it. Um We'd go out and sit down. We used to go out a lot, you know, obviously when we were younger and everybody was together. But, um, but yeah, I have to agree the Book It program was just absolutely amazing. Uh, you know, I I love to read at that point in my life anyways. And then when you add pizza as a reward, uh, it is, it's a match made in heaven. I, I wish, I wish Book It, you know, I could still capitalize on Book It. Um, yes, there needs to be like an adult book it program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I would I would vouch for this highly. Um, yeah, it's it was amazing. Uh, the toys, which I you know I'll mention some of the different toy lines, but the toy I posted something on our Facebook page this morning. Which if you're not a part of it, go check it out. We'll be running poll tournaments before every show. Um, the the toys were I thought better than McDonald's and Burger King. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that statement or not, but I just felt like they were more detailed, um, just I don't know bigger. I, I I don't know the the Pizza Hut toys were just amazing, and they they did run through some amazing lines too. Yeah, I think I just love all sorts of uh, fast food toys to start with to put one above another. But I will say I definitely went through a phase where because they also did X Men too. I mean I'm kind of getting ahead of this stuff, but yeah, they literally they literally were covering everything that when I was that age I needed a toy of that. So uh, they were perfect. I I honestly had I wish I still had them. I had those. Uh, they did like puppets for Land Before Time. Yes, and I loved those things. <laughs> I wish I still had them. <laughs> I do too, man. I I remember you know I held on to some of those toys for quite some time, but um, but yeah, pizza. Pizza was everything. Uh, you know, Now nowadays I lean more towards mom-and-pop shops. I'm not going to lie. Uh, the mom-and-pop local pizzerias. Uh, that's yeah, just... I, I do too. I, you know, I think when you get older, you just want to try different types of pizza. Yeah, you know, that's exactly just, what it is. There's nothing wrong with that. I still like pizza, and I'll still order from there every once in a while, but I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Well, glad I'm not alone in that respect. But, um, yeah, that's pretty much our – do you have anything to add on the personal history part of it? No, I think it's about it. I mean, just I don't think it's uh, it, it, we're we're breaking new ground by saying we grew up loving pizza. No, I think it's pretty much. I think if you ask any kid uh, what their favorite food is, I'm going to say Pizza Hut. Pizza is going to be mentioned for sure, without a doubt. And you know, and, and out of all the uh, what do you want to call those fast food pizza chains? I don't know what you want to call those. Yeah, uh, I would say just yeah, just I would just say just chain, just straight chain. Yeah, mainstream pizza, pizza places. Yeah, yeah. I, I would since pizza actually has the word pizza in their name. Uh, you know that really really helps when you're a kid. Like that's the place you think of right away <laughs> because all the other ones, you know, like Domino's and and Papa John's and all those do not have the word pizza in the name. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that does go. It does go a long way. That's good advertising right there. Um, but all right, without further ado, let us get into the history of Pizza Hut. What makes a Pizza Hut pan pizza so good? Ah. It's a pan full of homemade taste. Mm. Made fresh with dough we raised twice. Baked in a pan with a light, crispy crust. Dripping with pure mozzarella cheese. Mm. And your favorite toppings. There's only one place you can get a pan pizza this good. Your hometown Pizza Hut restaurant. All right, everybody. So the way I'm kind of going to run through Pizza Hut's history is I'm going to run through a mainline stuff, and then I'm going to add tidbits here and there that don't necessarily that aren't necessarily statistics or did you know trivia, um, but other things. So we're going to start at the very beginning and just kind of run through the overall history of the Pizza Hut chain. So Pizza Hut was founded in 1958 by brothers Dan and Frank Carney in their hometown of Wichita, Kansas. Uh, I love that last name, Carney, as a wrestling fan. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first thought. Was, okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, no, you're not alone. Um, <laughs> but a friend suggested that they open a pizza parlor, which wasn't a very popular thing back in the day, um, you know, to do. It was mostly homemade stuff, and there was a, you know, there's a few around, but um, an actual straight-up parlor was, was, was very different and unique. And they agreed that the idea could be successful. So they borrowed $600 from their mother to start a business with partner John Bender. And they rented a small building at 503 South Bluff in downtown Wichita, purchasing secondhand equipment to make their pizzas. Uh, The Carneys and Bender opened the very first Pizza Hut restaurant 
And on opening night, they gave away, they gave pizza away to encourage community interest. So, you know, big breakthrough stuff here. They, they apparently the recipe uh, was on a napkin too. The, the the way that they made their pizza, the original pizza design, I read it was, it was just on a napkin. Um, that's how they wrote out their recipe, and and they lived by that. Uh, so I thought it was a little a cool tidbit. So so literally, pizza gets started with six hundred dollars. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, back. <laughs> that's incredible. Is that not incredible? It is, man. I love it. I love. I wish I could open up a business for six hundred dollars. <laughs> that's a, yeah. That's uh, that's remarkable. <laughs> but I'm sure if we uh, we if we put in inflation, that'd be a little bit more today. But I still think that's a small amount. Yeah, I mean, six hundred starting a business ain't much. I'm actually kind of tempted to go look up an inflation calculator. Let me do that real quick. If if that's not too big of a distraction, uh, I'm really curious. <laughs> Fifty nine to 2019, six hundo is five thousand two hundred ninety four dollars. See, even that to me, that is not near enough <laughs> to start a to start a business. It's not even close. No. Oh my God! Aside from the segregation and stuff, man, the fifties ruled. <laughs> yeah. Aside from all the terrible social stuff, it was great. Uh, <laughs> and the way we treated human beings, it was a, it was pretty great. Not bad. Yeah. Not, not bad economically. Um, <laughs> so moving on. In nineteen fifty nine, Pizza Hut was incorporated in Kansas, and Dick uh, Hazer, um, sir, opened the first franchise unit in Topeka, Kansas. In the early, early 1960s, uh, Pizza Hut grew on the strength of aggressive marketing of the pizza restaurant idea. In 62, the Carney brothers bought out the interest held by Bender, and Robert Chisholm joined the compu- uh, company as a treasurer. And in 1966, when the number of Pizza Hut units had grown to 145, a home office was established to coordinate the businesses from Wichita. Two years later, the first Pizza Hut franchise was opened in Canada, and this was followed by the establishment of the International Pizza Hut Franchise Holders Association. Say that five times fast. No. <laughs> Abbreviated. It's not even like a fun abbreviation either. It's I-P-H-F-H-A. But it aimed at acquiring 40% of the company's franchise operations or or 120 stores, and adding them to the to six outlets wholly owned by Pizza Hut. And the acquisitions, however, brought turmoil to the chain. Varied accounting systems used by the previous franchise owners had to be merged into one operating system, and the process took eight months to complete. And in the meantime, sales flattened and profits tumbled. Here we head to the 1970s now, and all the pretty much turmoil that was going on at the end of the 60s brought new structure and uh, set Pizza Hut on, on the path of, of mainstream notoriety, I guess. In early 1970, Frank Carney decided that the company practice of relying on statistics from its annual report to inform its business strategy was inadequate and that a more developed long-term business plan was necessary. The turning point occurred when Pizza Hut went public and began growing at an unprecedented rate. Uh, Carney said in 1972, quote, end quote, uh, we about lost control of the operations, and we figured out how. That, excuse me. Then we figured out that we had to learn how to plan. Pizza Hut's corporate strategy arrived at after much consultation and boardroom debate. Emerged in 1972, Carney would later remark that the process of introducing a management structure did much to convince PepsiCo Incorporated that the pizza chain was worthy of a purchase. The corporate strategy's first priority was increasing sales and profits for the chain continuing to build a strong financial base for the company to provide adequate financing for growth was the second priority. Strategy also added for adding new restaurants to the chain in emerging and growing markets. So, I mean, that was a, that's a big deal of expansion, too. There was a point in time where Niagara Falls, you know, the city, I think we had two Pizza Huts within a 10-minute, ten, ten you know, drive from each other. Uh, we had one in yeah. downtown Niagara Falls and one upwards in LaSalle. So, yeah, we we had a similar thing in Hickory, which is the biggest town near me, uh, where it had I want to say there was three Pizza Huts. Oh wow! At one point, it was I mean, it might as well have been GameStop <laughs> or Starbucks, yeah. where they're competing across the street from each other. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or uh, or the those CVS pharmacies or whatever. Oh my! Yeah, there's a CVS and Walgreens like across from each other at every every major intersection in every. Yes, 
same thing down here. So the <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, and <laughs> but in 1970, Pizza Hut opened units in Munich, Germany, and Sydney, Australia. And that same year, the chain's 500th restaurant opened in Nashville, Tennessee. Further acquisitions that year included an 80% stake in Ready Italy, a frozen crust maker, and a joint venture uh, sunflower food processors formed with Sunflower Beef Incorporated. The same year, the menus for all restaurants added sandwiches to the staple thin and crispy pizza offering. Uh, going back a little bit to 71, in 1971, Pizza Hut became the world's largest pizza chain, according to sales and number and number of restaurants, which uh, then just had more than 1,000 thousand places. Uh, yeah, 1,000 thousand stores at that point. A year after the chain gained a listing on the New York Stock Exchange, um, Pizza Hut also achieved for the first time a $1 million sales week in the U.S. market. So that's a pretty big deal right there. At the end of 1972, Pizza Hut made its long-anticipated offer of 410,000 shares of common stock to the public. The company expanded by purchasing three restaurant divisions, Taco Kid, Next Door, and The Flaming Steer. Never heard of any of those. Uh, Interesting. Taco Kid sounds interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Taco Bell at first because they are like combo restaurants. They are. Like them and KFC, I think, are all together. Um, Yeah. In addition, Pizza Hut acquired Franchise Services Incorporated, a restaurant supply company, and J&G Food Company Incorporated, a food food and supplies distributor. The company also added a second distribution center in Peoria, Illinois. 1973, Pizza Hut expanded by opening stores in Japan and Great Britain. You got to hear some of the, We're going to get into some of the different, like, stuffed crust and different toppings um, that I want to do. And Japan has some very, very interesting ones. I, I could only imagine. Oh, man. They're <laughs> gross. It made me cringe. Uh, <laughs> it did. Three, three years later, the chain had more than 100 restaurants outside of the, the United States and 2,000 units in the franchise network. The company's 2,000th restaurant was opened in Independence, Missouri. It also established a 35-by-65-meter Red Roof Pizza Hut restaurant building as a regulation size for all of its establishments. The new construction standard called for freestanding buildings built in a distinctive one-story brick design. The site seated 60 to 120 people. And it's about that the same. I don't think... Uh, my local Pizza Hut probably sits about the same. It, um, the seating, it hasn't really expanded. Um, the seating has probably stayed the same since the 90s. Yeah, uh, I know all the, a lot of the other uh, major fast food places have definitely made some renovations and changes. But as far as I can remember, Pizza Hut is always, <laughs> even from a child, the inside of Pizza Huts have always been the same. Yeah, yeah, never like it still has the old like wall decor and stuff like the the history of the pizza slicer and stuff like that. That's some of my favorite things to look at and read when we went. But um, advertising that became a big deal in the seventies too, played a big influential role at Pizza Hut at this time, broadening the chain's public profile. Uh, Campaigns were run on both the national and local level in the U.S. market, and spending on local advertising increased from nine hundred forty-two thousand dollars in nineteen seventy-two to $3.17 million in 1974. Um, yeah, I mean, that's I think that's really what helped McDonald's and Burger King hit the mainstream market was advertising. Um, you know, as a kid, like McDonald's and Burger King, the, the toys, the toys went a big deal. The advertising, licensing, and all that stuff, They Burger King and McDonald's hit those major movies, major... TV shows, cartoons, stuff like that. And that made me want to go there. It suckered me in. It was great advertising. Um, you know, and Pizza Hut decided to pretty much stamp its name on whatever it could hit the mainstream public. And that was really going to boom out in the boom in the 80s. Um, but all right. PepsiCo bought, uh, actually merged slash uh, bought out Pizza Hut and became a division of the global soft drink and food conglomerate. Uh, sales that year reached $436 million, and a new $10 million headquarters office opened in Wichita. PepsiCo had clearly seen potential in Pizza Hut, and they continued. Um, people continued to eat outside their homes, especially as convenience and price competitiveness in the fast food industry gained importance. The 80s brought all new competition to, the, to Pizza Hut, as uh, all challenging its number one position in the pizza restaurant trade, which was then worth $15 billion in sales annually in the U.S. alone. 
Well, in the 70s, the company's main competitors have been regional chains like Dallas-based Pizza Inn, Denver-based Shakey's, and Phoenix-based Village Inn and Straw Hat. Fierce competition in the 80s brought new entrants into the quick-serve pizza category, including Little Caesars, Domino's, uh, and Pizza Express. So, um, 80s was a boom. I guess, well, Pizza Hut was the pioneer, I, I guess. That was the pioneer of it, and everybody just followed suit to try and be better. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Is P- pizza Express is like at gas stations, right? I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen Pizza Express. I don't know if I have either. I'm cute. That's what I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Maybe that's just not in our areas. <laughs> Perhaps. Maybe it's like the TNA of <laughs> the, the total nonstop action wrestling of of pizza. Chains. You better say what you're talking about. <laughs> I just wanted to make. I, yeah, I just wanted to make sure the listeners knew what I was talking about, so they didn't, didn't think I was like maybe it's the tits and ass of of <laughs> of, 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 of pizza. Yeah, a uh, uh, pizza. Yeah. <laughs> And that is the one time you'll ever get me to swear on this show. I, I swear. Scandalous pizza. Scandalous pizza. Uh, <laughs> to raise its profile, Pizza Hut introduced pan pizza in the 1980s uh, through its through its network. Uh, the product with a thicker crust made it deep pan soon became popular. And the success of new additions to Pizza Hut's menu was facilitated by the marketing resources provided by PepsiCo. For example, in 83, Pizza Hut introduced personal pan pizza offering customers a five-minute guarantee that their single-serving pizzas would arrive quickly and steaming hot. Steamy. Uh, the aim was to make... A TNA. TNA. Uh, <laughs> the aim was to make a quick, affordable pizza the ideal lunchtime meal. Another addition to the chain's menu was hand-tossed traditional... This Oh, this is getting worse. It is TNA. Hand-tossed traditional pizza. Mm. <laughs> Got to use your hands. <laughs> Which would be uh, introduced in 1988. So, uh, yeah, very TNA-like in that respect. Uh, you know, just you really have to adapt. You know, the old ways of the 60s and 70s can't maintain, especially when you have competition. Like Domino's hit, you know, came and got popular really quick in the 80s. Uh, what was the other one? I'm Oh, Little, Little Caesars. Caesars. Little Caesars. That yeah. I remember advertising for that being very, very prominent in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw plenty of that in, in the Noid for uh, yes for, for Domino's. Um, and also, for whatever reason, I, always, I think it's because we always got a pan pizza for our crust type. I always felt that was around forever. That's pretty fascinating to learn that it, that's not the case. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> no. That's what we always got as a family. We'd always get the you know the pan style. That was oh, it was so good, so good. Um, so all right, here we go. Late eighties, early nineteen nineties. Um, well, in nineteen eighty four, to backtrack just it's just a smidge. Stephen Reinemann was appointed president and chief executive officer of Pizza Hut. He oversaw a period of unprecedented growth for the chain pizza. Uh, in eighty six, Pizza Hut opened its five thousandth franchise unit in Dallas, Texas and began a successful home delivery service, uh, which I did want to note here, um, real, just a quick sidebar. Pizza Hut, as home computers started to become a thing. Uh, yeah, this is in my this is in my. Oh, thing, it is? Okay. Um, yeah. I don't want to take that from you. I, I'll, I'll move along. I'll move along. Um, yeah, I don't want to steal that moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> By the 1990s, the delivery and carryout business had grown to account for approximately 25% of the company's total sales. In 1990, Pizza Hut opened its first restaurant in Moscow. Russian's pizza of choice, Moskva, uh, pizza topped with sardines, tuna, mackerel, salmon, and onion. Oh, my God. That's, uh, oh. <laughs> an onion became a favorite at the Moscow Pizza Hut. Oh, God. Oh, man. I can, that sounds just truly awful. I can taste that. It... <laughs> That's awful. Oh. This is ruining a pizza. <laughs> Culture, man. Culture, it's a weird thing. It's... Do you think? Do you think like other cultures look at the stuff we put on pizza and think it's gross? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They got to you, right? I did this. Oh, they do. Um, I did. Not that it was a pizza directly thing, but I when I went to when I tried college the second time, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I took a class called uh, cultural anthropology, and I learned a lot. It was kind of cool to see. Um, you kind of get different takes and different things of how people see in American culture. And how weird we come off to 
like third world countries and, and, and stuff like that. So they definitely probably think that what we put on is very, very strange. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure I, <laughs> I, I would like to see I, I, something I probably should have researched and, and see what, like, what was the p- most popular flavor pizza around the world? We might get into that. Um, you know, I, I got some notes and stuff as far as that, but you know, what's, what's popular, what kind of pizza is popular in, in different parts of the world? You know, yeah. like, a, I like to imagine a fish and chips pizza is like popular in England and <laughs> yeah. see all these really remind me, uh, like I grew up with the Ninja Turtle cartoon in the late eighties, early nineties. And, you know, of course they loved pizza and, but they would have ridiculous toppings on their pizza. Like it would always be something ridiculous that you would never think should go on a pizza. And this just sounds like they were just getting their toppings from other countries and just saying, let's, let's do this. Did you ever see the movie Mr. Deeds? Yes. <laughs> the new one? The new, all well, the modern one? You remember the crazy eyes and some of the pizza requests he had? Been, that's the, you're talking about the Adam Sandler movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It's been a long time since I've seen Peanut it. Peanut butter and gumballs is one of the flavors. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's a that's a Ninja Turtle flavor right there. And French fries and Oreos is another pizza. I think that's <laughs> good. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that was, that's the kind of wacky stuff. Who knows? I mean that was just goofy. It might have just been a subtle reference at some of the wild flavors that are available across the world. But um, but yeah, that's so that's that's that. That's Moscow pizza for you. Um, the Moscow location actually quickly established itself as Pizza Hut's highest volume unit in the world uh, and restaurants just behind in total volume were found in France, Hong Kong, Finland, and Britain. Other favorite toppings for pizza in countries, other, oh, here we go, other than the United States included sauerkraut and onion and spinach, ham, and onion. Oh, gosh. Ooh, interesting. Hong Kong was uh, corned beef. And Canadian bacon were favorites, uh, while Asians and Australians seem to enjoy various curry pizzas. I knew it! I knew it! Uh, I had a feeling that was going to be a thing. All right. <laughs> Competition in the United States was heightened in 1991 when McDonald's, the world's largest hamburger, hamburger fast food chain, put McPizza on its menu in several test markets and even offered home delivery to customers. Um, yeah, McPizza was a thing. It's one of my favorite, like... Uh, Failed McDonald's attempts at yeah, different foods like mixed spaghetti and McLobster and and so many other yeah. things that they tried. Um, there's actually my uh, oh, go ahead. I was gonna say just real, real quick. Uh, one of my close pals, his job is uh, like the company he works for. Uh, it's actually a German company that's just you know they have a plant over here, but they'll send him uh, to different places for meetings and stuff. And one of the places I sent him was Germany. And he was uh, sending us pictures, uh, you know, our little friend group, pictures of what I was on the men- menu there at McDonald's. <laughs> There's some stuff I've never remotely heard of. <laughs> <laughs> I could sit on YouTube all day and watch, like, videos like that. And I'm sure we're going to do a McDonald's episode at some point. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, undoubtedly so. If we're doing Pizza Hut, I'm sure we're going to do McDonald's. But, um but yeah, there's actually there's like one place that still serves McPizza in the continental United States, at least one. And there was a video on YouTube of somebody. It was in West Virginia. These bunch of kids road trip there just to try McPizza. So I thought that was kind of funny. Like, I am very curious what it tastes like. Yeah, I I am too. <laughs> I like I want to try all that like stuff that's been discontinued, like the mixed spaghetti, McLobster would probably <laughs> be really interesting. But yeah, yeah. Oh. It's really easy to come up with names for their stuff, I know. though. <laughs> <laughs> McTNA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's like Digimon, where all their names ended Mon. Uh, yeah. But, uh, oh, crap. I lost where I was. All right. Despite this effort at economic recession in the early 1990s, Pizza Hut continued to profit. And company sales at the pizza chain were up 10% worldwide to $5.3 billion in '91. As growing health awareness and the popularity of vegetarian lifestyles had prompted many people to reconsider pizza as a nutritious alternative to greasy fast food fare. Um, I never once thought pizza was nutritious. I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, who, <laughs> I mean, who would think that? I mean, it's it tastes too good to be nutritious. I know. Well, come on, it doesn't taste like cardboard. Um, so no, so and it's plenty. It's always plenty greasy. It is. So yeah. Wow. The 90s, man. 
the nineties. <laughs> That's like I'm going to drink this diet soda because I'm on a diet. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get a Big Mac, a salad, and a Diet Coke. That's healthy, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pizza Hut delivery. Uh, two Big Macs. Two Big Macs. <laughs> two big Macs. Two. The salad and Diet Coke offset it. Uh, yeah. Balance it out. <laughs> Pizza Hut delivery, the home delivery operation, provided $1.2 billion in sales alone. And overall, Pizza Hut sales added to those of PepsiCo subsidiaries, Taco Bell, and KFC. I like how they say NKFC, formerly Kentucky Fried Chicken. Like it's like it's that big. Everybody knows it's Kentucky Fried Chicken. I, <laughs> yes. I, I don't know if there's like an official name for it, um, but yeah. Get, and it gave the parent company more than twenty-one billion dollars in sales at your aunt's restaurant fast food side. In the early '90s, Pizza Hut was more concerned with making itself more accessible. Drive-through units were added for customers' convenience, and Pizza Hut Express units were being developed. The Express Unit originated in shopping malls where it provided customers with fast food at affordable prices, uh, made l- possible by lower operating overheads. Since that time, Pizza Hut positioned Express Units in school cafeterias, sports arenas, office buildings, and major airports. And they're actually pretty quality, too. I've had a couple um, in, my, in, my, in my time. The company saw non-traditional locations as, as the fastest-growing sector of its operations in the first half of the 1990s. PepsiCo's corporate sponsorship of Pizza Hut included funding the Book It National Reading Incentive Program, which encouraged higher literacy rates among uh, young people. Uh, There's a little side note here. Um, President, I want to say Reagan. Yep, I got it right here. President Reagan was actually encouraging a lot of businesses in the, uh, the actual program was created in 1984. The idea of it, all that. President Reagan was actually yeah, saying companies and businesses to encourage people to get involved in education. So they Pizza Hut took it up, you know, upon themselves to do it. And uh, they probably became the most successful education rewarding program with a, with food, uh, without a doubt. I don't I don't remember too many other ones. Uh, per- yeah, I don't either. Personally, uh, and everybody, you say book it and everybody just knows. Uh, yeah. So uh, – yeah, in 92, it actually the Bucket program involved more than 17 million students in North America alone. And Pizza Hut received letters of endorsement later that year from President George Bush, the first, and Secretary of Education Lamar Alexander. Uh, yeah, I, Pizza Hut was the cool. like, when I found that out in, like, the first grade, I was in probably first grade, like, 96, 97, they're like, yeah, Bucket program, you get pizza, you get the sweet buttons with the stickers, and you go there. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about the buttons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I used to keep them all on my curtain. I used to – because every year you got a new one. And it, it only la- – they only did it for a couple years. I was, I was heated when you're too old for the Book It program. Like, that just drove me nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'll just quit reading you. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it was. They, they were bad. It went from Book It program to – Hey, you have to read at least twenty minutes a night, and we're not rewarding with pizza. That's when I started yeah. to. I hated being forced to read. I, li- I still like to read in general, but when like schools like telling you, "Oh, you have to read," and this and that, you're not getting rewarded. You have to read this kind of book, and this and that. It takes away from the fun. I, I love to read. I love to learn stuff. That's we do a lot of reading for this episodes, um, but pizza was the best reward for that. Um, so here we go. PepsiCo took advantage of global change following the end of Cold War, expanding Pizza Hut into new and emerging markets. In 91, PepsiCo had restaurant outlets in 80 countries worldwide. Wayne Calloway, chairman of PepsiCo, indicated he wished to see continued growth with the approach of the 21st century. He commented, the major question for international restaurant growth is, how fast can we get there? Steadily growing interest in eating away from home and the continued gravitation to convenience foods are creating an atmosphere of excitement for our restaurants. Quote, unquote. Pizza Hut restaurants had spread in 90 countries by 1997. Uh, the 90s, though, had a bit of a decline. They did. 94, several cha- changes resulted in the company's first decline and operating profits in 15 years. The pizza market was no longer growing. Fast food rivals cut prices and investment in new outlets was draining corporate resources. PepsiCo's restaurant division saw sales in restaurants open at least one year fall, um, in at least one year, fall 6% in 94, continuing to a drop in profits of 21%. In an effort to change this disturbing direction, Roger A. Enrico moved from PepsiCo's beverage and snack food divisions to head the restaurant division in 94. His first move was to heavily promote a new product, 
a stuffed crust pizza. A pizza with a ring of mozzarella folded into the outer, outer edge of the crust. And the company used a massive advertisement, advertising campaign to, produce, to promote this new product, including television commercials that paired celebrities eating their pizza's crust first. Um, yeah, one of those are our current president. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, yeah. He he, uh, he was the first one to cut into it, and he, he did like a parody commercial with his then – well, I can't, shouldn't say then ex-wife, but – um, it was actually relatively funny. They were like sharing, sharing a pizza, I guess, and he was saying that she could only get half. And there, there was a lot of like jokes. Everybody kind of knew what you know. Donald Trump, millionaire. Um, he was a, you know, he was a main face back then, um, and he was the first one to to advertise for that. Um, and it's cool because like my mom, at, after like we stopped going to Pizza Hut for a. a a certain time, I couldn't afford to just go, and my parents didn't want to take us. She actually made homemade stuffed crust pizza. Oh, that sounds amazing. It's expensive, but it's amazing. And what she would do is, um, well, she made homemade pizza all the time. Like, Wednesdays and Saturdays were our pizza nights. So we got two a week. I was spoiled. Um, but what they would she would do is she'd buy, like, the mozzarella sticks, the string cheese sticks, and she'd roll them in the crust and then bake it that way. And it was, oh, it was so good when it was fresh out of the oven. And, yeah, it was, it was something. But, um, but yeah, absolutely amazing. You know, this was a, this is groundbreaking for them. Uh, some indicators were promising market share rose from 25.6 to 27%. Uh, 1995 sales increased 16% to $5.2 billion and operating income rose to $414 million, up 40% from the year before. In 96, Pizza Hut planned to introduce a major new product each year and two or three line extensions. The following year, it followed through on its course, introducing totally new pizzas with 67% more toppings than previous pizzas and thicker sauce. The company allocated $50 million for the project, part of which was to be used to install newer improved ovens. In 96, Pizza Hut accounted for 17% of PepsiCo's total sales and 13% of its operating profit. However, these gains could not upset the drain that capital investment placed on PepsiCo's other divisions. The parent company, uh, its return on assets was significantly greater in its beverage and snack food division than its restaurant division. In the late 90s, PepsiCo drew together its restaurant businesses, including Pizza Hut, Taco Bell, and KFC, and all operations were now overseen by a single senior manager and most back office operations, including payroll, data processing, and accounts payable were all combined. January 1997, the company plan, uh, announced plans to spin off this restaurant division, creating an independent public, publicly traded company called Tricon Global Restaurants. The formal plan approved by PepsiCo board directors in August of 97 stipulated that each PepsiCo shareholder re- received one share of Tricon stock for every 10 shares of PepsiCo stock owned. The plan also required Tricon to pay a one-time distribution of $4.5 billion at the time of the spinoff. If approved by the Securities and Exchange Commission, the spinoff would take place on October 6, 97. Um, and here we go. Enrico, had risen, who had risen to the position of PepsiCo's CEO, explained the move. Our goal in taking these steps is to dramatically sharpen PepsiCo's focus. Our restaurant business has tremendous financial strength and a very bright future. However, given the distinctly different dynamics of restaurants and packaged goods, we believe all our businesses can better flourish with two separate and distinct managements in corporate structures. So that is the pretty much life story of Pizza Hut. Um, yeah, there was, I mean, the, the stuffed crust thing was a, was a really big deal. Uh, yeah, I definitely remember that. That, that, that was, uh, that was, that and the New Yorker pizza were two pizzas. I remember them bringing out and I was like begging my parents that we have to go try those. <laughs> Oh, here we go. Yeah, it uh, it officially debuted in March 26 of 1995 and engaged in a $45 million uh, ad campaign. So they actually they took full advantage of, like, March Madness for basketball. They, they, they kind of debuted it at the end. Um, and actually, Pizza Hut was sued over it, was sued over the stuffed crust because somebody thought that uh, a person by the name of Anthony Mangiello um, sued them for $1 billion, claimed that stuffed crust – Infringed on Mangiello's 1987 patent on making stuffed pizza shells, uh, but Pizza got away with Pizza Hut got away with it, saying it wasn't this, quite the same thing. Um, but yeah, the, you know what? I, going into the toys line, um, we kind of we kind of talked about it already. Uh, yeah, the toys were fun, and they did a good job of exploring market you know markets and properties that Burger King and McDonald's just wouldn't quite hit. Uh, you know, you mentioned Land Before Time. 
I remember when the first Star Wars movie came out. You weren't finding Star Wars toys at Burger King or McDonald's. Pizza Hut had them. And they came in these sweet yeah. boxes. And they also had those big cups with the characters on them. Uh, oh, I love the... They would always do that with their... Uh, whatever they were doing. Like, there were X-Men cups, too. I love those. I gotta find the X-Men ones. I, that's one I gotta have. But, you know, there's some other... Toy, Casper the Friendly Ghost was a big property. Um, you know, I still love that movie. Cherish it. I watched it a lot as a kid. And they used to have the glow-in-the-dark uh, of Casper and his three uncles, Stinky, Stretch, and Fatso, uh, which, is a, which is a really cool, you know, thing to have. Uh, let's see some of the other toys and, and kind of stuff that they stuff that they utilized uh, for. You know, you mentioned uh, TMNT. They like that. How do you not grasp onto that? Like, that, yeah, that's just they're just made for each other. They they really are. Um, Pizza Hut actually did a TMNT cassette because uh, Ninja Turtles was doing like a concert like show. Yes. Kind of, uh, I know a lot of a lot of things do that. Like they just they have a Jurassic World one now. Marvel has one. Disney on Ice. Um, Mortal Kombat used to this, have one back in the nineties too. Yeah, this was what the, this was like. The, they were actually they actually even went on tour, where just people in Ninja Turtle costumes doing a rock uh, or whatever you want to call it, some type of music concert. <laughs> uh, but when I was a kid, and I, I knew that. Because they advertised this that Pizza Hut had this, that you can get the actual cassette tape. Yes. Uh, like, I had to have it. <laughs> yeah. I got the poster right here. It was $3.99 with any pizza purchase, uh, which is, uh, the cassette was a typical twelve ninety nine dollars retail value. I can't imagine paying $13 for a cassette tape. Uh, but that was that's how it was back then. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the Coming Out of Their Shells tour. That was what it was. Yes. And, um. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, Eureka's Castle, it's something I'm not too familiar with. Uh, at least I don't think I was, but... That's a Nickelodeon thing, I believe. Was it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that. Be- but I think it's I think it's usually meant for younger people, I think, so I could be wrong about this. Eureka's I, Castle. Only, I vaguely remember. I definitely remember the name, but it wasn't a show that I watched. Yeah. I, it's starting to look familiar now. Beauty and the Beast. I forgot that I had these. Well, not me, but my sister. Uh, well, we, we kind of split. I had, I had the Beast, but I remember these toys. Um, the Beast one was really cool. It had, like, an open bottom, and it was, like, we kind of used it as, like, a bath toy. Uh, TNA. TNA, yes. Open bottom. <laughs> open bottom. Yeah, that's T- TNA. P- Johnny, if you ever move up, we should just start a TNA pizza place with... <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just we'll just name pizza some inappropriate things. <laughs> <laughs> the brown eye pizza. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I always wanted to open up a pizza like a sometime a fast food restaurant in a strip club. I think it would do really well. <laughs> Don't say. Uh, I honestly don't know this, but I believe I've heard other people discuss this. Okay, and I'm not, and I'm not just saying that uh, to make myself look better. But uh, <laughs> uh, don't some strip clubs have like uh, buffets in them? I think I've heard that. before. I have not been to one that has one. <laughs> yeah, but uh, excellent yeah. idea. I, excellent idea. I am. I am. Uh, here's a little tidbit about me. I am uh, definitely afraid to go into any strip club in my area. <laughs> Uh, just because I just know I'll run into somebody that I know, and it's going to be really weird, weird and awkward, <laughs> especially if they're one of the dancers. Yeah, that'd be really bad. That'd be really yeah. bad. Yeah. It's the. Anyways, uh, back to children's toys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one the the Cartoon Network they had uh, they had a line of Squirt Tunes toy. That's another TNA. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, like I'm looking at the image right now, they got like Dino from the Flintstones, Scooby Doo, and a couple other characters that uh, they were bathtub slash pool toys, and uh, they squirt. And <laughs> I'm just gonna move on. I'm not gonna say anything. Um, Back to the Future Two, they did Solar Shades when that movie came out. Yes, yes. Uh, on our one of our episodes recently, we did it for Richard Blist. We always do a Bliss quiz, and uh, one of the games we covered was Back to the Future. So that's how I know that this was a thing. I don't remember it growing up, but you can actually still buy those exact sunglasses that Pizza Hut was selling to, for that movie on eBay, and they're 
fairly uh, not that expensive at all. No, no, they're they're not. Um, yeah, they were down ninety nine back then uh, when that movie came out. Um, let's see some of the other ones. They actually had a Pizza Hut like playset and um, mini bake uh, the the Easy Bake ovens. They, they there was a Pizza Pizza Hut one uh, themed one for that. And I was showing Johnny beforehand. Like, there's been so many like just awesome, awesome toys done by this, uh, you know, by Pizza Hut. Um, they actually did a promotion where they had a Macho Man Randy Savage figure in 1990. So that was that was pretty neat too. Um, it wasn't an entire WWF line, but um, yeah, they had some just amazing toys back then. And I mean, that's that's how you stay relevant, I, I guess. That's how you get the kids to come in. Yeah. Is that you know they used to have arcades you know back in the day too, um, which is something we're definitely going to going to talk about in a later episode uh, as far as arcades go. But um, I mean that's it's, it's like a fun happening place, right? Uh, you want to go to the pizza place where you can play games and stuff. What's better than that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My Pizza Hut's always had a couple arcade games set up, and I would always want to play those while I was waiting on pizza. Yeah, absolutely. That's why Chuck E. Cheese works. <laughs> but um, yeah. but yeah, that the, the other pizza doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. No offense, Chuck. No offense. Uh, creepy ass, you know, things <laughs> playing instruments. Um, but all right, that does it for the for the mainstream history. We're gonna go into uh, some statistics with Matt's stats. Frank on how to remind your parents that now Tuesday is Kids Night at Pizza Hut. Try serenading. Kids night. Tuesday night. Try the old codfish trick. <laughs> Hire professional help. Tuesday night. Kids night. Take them. <sighs> you can't miss Kids Night at Pizza Hut. You get free Nickelodeon magazines and free personal pan pizzas when your folks order their pizza. And if they still won't take you, call Ninja Duck. Pizza Hut. Making it great. For kids. All right, so... Quite a bit of stats, you know, to, to – well, enough. Enough stats to really look through. Uh, you know, Pizza Hut has been around for quite some time, and they are a – they're an interesting place, interesting place to to really gauge. You know, you don't – you think that pizza would be – pizza really is. It's a continuous, like, who doesn't want pizza? We're going to just buy pizza all the time. Um, here's some statistics to really start to go by. Load up this thing. Um, the iPhone app, which we'll start with that a little bit more modern. They, they created an iPhone app in 20, I want to say 2014. Um, generated over a million dollars, which is a pretty big deal. Um, global sales as of 28, excuse me, 20, yeah, 2018. $12 billion dollars. Um, 7,456 U.S. stores, 9,693 stores across the, the globe, uh, making 17,149 stores completely. Uh, 100% of Pizza Hut is, is franchised, and uh, 57% of that is international units. Um, let's see some other ones. Uh, to invest in Pizza Hut, a minimum $175,000. Uh, that's kind of the, the beginning of their investment range. That's way over 500 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not quite like that. Um, let's see. $14 million as of February 2nd, 2019, uh, have participated in the Book It program. Uh, 2018 was their best year of, of revenue, at least in the last decade. And, I mean, yeah, there's not a whole lot of, like, figures as far as, like, sales across from way back when. But, um, but yeah, it is, it's all there. I'll get into some pizza, I mean, pizza stats, too. Um, on average, people, Americans just consume around 251 million pounds of pizza a year, which is disgusting, but also beautiful. Uh, yeah, sounds about right. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we have. Pizzerias, uh, they purchase are expected to purchase more than four billion dollars worth of cheese um, every year. So that's quite a quite a bit of cheese. 
Uh, 36% of pizza orders want their pizza topping just straight pepperoni. 94% of Americans eat pizza regularly. Uh, the top five ho- pizza sales holidays are Super Bowl Sunday, New Year's Eve, Halloween, the night before Thanksgiving, as well as New Year's Day. 93% of Americans have eaten pizza at least once in the last month. Uh, pizza accounts for more than 10% of all food service sales. Uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, pizza delivery drivers can expect a typical $2 tip to sometimes store as high as $20. So that's uh, that's not bad. <laughs> that's not bad. Uh, let's see some other ones. Uh, Domino's, This is I know it's not Pizza Hut, but Domino's delivery drivers log about 4 million miles on Super Bowl Sunday. Pretty interesting. Americans eat approximately 100 acres of pizza a day, or about 350 slices per second. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Uh, 61,269 pizzerias in the continental United States. That's mom-and-pop places, chains, and everything in between. Every person in America eats, a, eats roughly, on average, 46 pizza slices a year. I think I'd be. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I bring the average way up. Um, I'm probably minimum 70 slices of pizza in a year. Oh, I got to I got to say I'm close to that. I I'm a whore for pizza. I absolutely love it. I don't care if it's like 7-Eleven pizza. I will eat pizza wherever I can find it. If it's good, you know, if it I don't know. I, I, I I'd like to say that I have this this fine taste palate. Uh, where I can enjoy pizza from just about anywhere. The only place I don't enjoy pizza from, it's actually Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Uh, I've been there numerous times. I forgot what the pizza chain was, but I got a Hawaiian pizza. I'm a big fan of Hawaiian pizza, and I will fight anybody who says that pineapples do not belong on pizza. I guess we're fine. <laughs> Square up. Square up, homie. Um, <laughs> their pizza was plain. Uh, like I get these flavored slices of pizza, and it was just bad um this is bad october is u.s national His- uh, pizza month i guess it's kind of a did you know not a stat over five billion pizzas are sold worldwide each year the largest pizza ever was 122 feet and eight inches in di- diameter and they needed 9920 pounds of flour 198 pounds of salt and 3968 pounds of cheese as well as 1985 pounds of tomato pure uh, regular thin crust is the most popular in America. It's preferred by 61% of the population. 14% uh, prefer deep dish and 11% prefer extra thin crust. Uh, 62% of Americans prefer meat toppings while 38% prefer vegetables. Blech. Blech. Uh, <laughs> women are twice as likely to order vegetables on their pizza than men. Uh, Saturday night is the most popular night to eat pizza. Pizzerias represent 17% of all restaurants. Uh, the world's fastest pizza maker can make 14 pizzas in two minutes, maybe 14-inch pizza in two minutes and 35 seconds. That is impressive. 36% of people consider pizza the perfect breakfast. I don't disagree with that. Um, now, do you, uh, when you have leftover pizza, um, um, this is a question because I, I have friends who will just eat the pizza cold the next day. Yeah. I can't do that. I have to heat mine up. Really? There's yeah. there's some pizzas that'll do okay, that'll do good cold. Like I can even eat cold like pasta and sauce. It just depends yeah, on what I it can't, is. I can't I can't do that. I I have to microwave them <laughs> for sure. My my actually my actually my first night uh, in this apartment that I just moved into last January, I passed out drinking a beer and eating cold pizza. So uh, <laughs> so that's that's. Yeah, if ever we needed a photographer. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. If you could have took a picture of yourself when you've done that, it would have been great. Took a, a selfie. Yeah. Yeah, somehow. <laughs> while you're sleeping with just cold pizza just laid all over your belly. <laughs> it's so hot. My wife must really love me. Uh, in the most ex- you're a lucky man. <laughs> I am. Uh, the most expensive pizza ever created, this is our last stat, was uh, created by restaurant tour Dom- uh, Domenico Crolla. Uh, who created a $2,745-priced Valentine pizza, which included sun-blushed tomato sauce, Scottish smoked salmon, medallions of venison, edible gold, 
lobster marinated in the finest con- cognac, and champagne-soaked <laughs> champagne <laughs> caviar. We've had to censor that. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I'm trying to keep it clean, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, there's some interesting uh, toppings there. But, yeah, that does it for Matt's stats. Let's get into Johnny's Did You Know? So here are some pretty interesting facts about old Pizza Hut. These are actually from this year, 2019, so this should be fairly recent. Um, Pizza Hut actually had a mascot at one time, Matt. Uh, This was before mine and your time, but uh, in the 60s uh, through the 70s, they had Pizza Pete was his name. Uh, he actually had a, he almost said like he had a cowboy hat on uh, and a fairly big mustache. That's kind of his character looking thing. And he was slowly phased out in the 70s. Well, you can still find pictures of him if you just Google Pizza Pete, though. Uh, in 2012, there was an actual official Pizza Hut perfume. Uh, it was extremely limited and it smelled like, and I'm quoting here, fresh dough with a bit of spice. <laughs> Oh, and at one point, and at one point on eBay, bottles of it were going for about five hundred dollars. Uh, so would you like to put some uh, Pizza Hut perfume on, Matt? I would. I would bathe in that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you this now: if I ever run into a woman and she smells like Pizza Hut, you know, we're getting married. I'm proposing right on the spot. <laughs> yeah, not even going to think twice. I'd leave, the I'd leave my me. wife to propose to that what, that lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Pizza Hut has been the official pizza of the Ninja Turtles for a long time, but they weren't the first official pizza. Uh, when the very first Ninja Turtles movie was coming out, uh, Domino's was actually in it, uh, but Pizza Hut quickly jumped on board and paid tons of money to become their official pizza right after that. Uh, the Book It program that we've been mentioning off and on, uh, not only is it older than me, it came out in 84, like you said earlier, Matt, but the longest, but it's also considered the longest-running corporate-supported reading program in the country. To this day, uh, you could actually order a pizza from Pizza Hut online as early as 1994. You alluded to this, Matt. Um, they were the first ones to kind of put this online. Uh, and technically, you still use kind of the same thing today when you're ordering your pizza from Pizza Hut is this thing. Uh, and, but they had it running since 94. That's pretty impressive, I thought. Oh, yeah. That is pretty neat. Yeah, uh, in 2012, uh, pizza, uh, pizza Hut actually offered... An engagement party package. I don't know if you knew about this, Matt. Uh, but for um, $10,010, you would get a $10 dinner box uh, of pizza, a limousine, a ruby ring, fireworks, flowers, and a photographer. Ooh. Maybe you need to like uh, talk to your wife and say, hey, we need to redo this. She, You know what? I would do that, but I know how relationships work. And if she were to get married <laughs> with a fast food place, it would probably be Taco Bell. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they're kind of together now, so maybe we can kind of merge make it. Them both work. Oh man, yeah. Uh, so, uh, Pizza Hut itself accounts for three percent of the U.S. cheese production themselves. I thought that was amazing. I mean, that's a lot if you really think about it. Three percent is quite a bit of cheese. Uh, pizza Hut once uh, delivered a pizza to space and also to Mount Kilimanjaro. They've delivered pizzas to each of those two places. Um. In 1999, this was the most, this is the last one I have, and this is my favorite one. In 1999, uh, they actually had the idea to laser their logo onto the moon. Uh, The only reason, one of the reasons that they decided this wasn't a good idea is because they found out that in order for it to be visible from space or from Earth, it had to be the size of Texas. (laughs) So that's why we don't see the Pizza Hut logo, the famous red roof on the moon. Could you imagine? <laughs> that is impressive. Yeah. I kind of think if they'd went through that, though, they would have become uh, hated, I believe. People would have hated them for it. Probably a little bit. That's why Photoshop yeah. is, you know, that's why you just do Photoshop and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm, you know what? I'm going to Photoshop a picture of the Retro Pop logo on the moon uh, as soon as we're done do with it. this episode. Do it. Um, <laughs> but, all right. Uh, you said that was your last one? Yeah, that was my last one. All right, let's get into the final segment of our bi-weekly show. Uh, Well, the effect of Pizza Hut on modern culture. There's a new spirit at Pizza Hut. Hi, Casper! Welcome! Living or not, baby. 
parents order any pizza or Pepsi, you can get a glow-in-the-dark hand puppet from the movie Gasper, $1.49 each, and only at Pizza Hut. All right, so we already mentioned it kind of in the show, but Pizza Hut was a, really a pioneer of being a chain pizza restaurant. You know, there was many that followed uh, in its footsteps, making it, yeah, the, I mean, the, the granddaddy of them all. The, pizza Hut is, the, uh, is to pizza as what Iron Man is to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, if, you, if you really want to, you know, we could put it that way. Um, it is. It, it pioneered to show that there was money to be made in, ma- in mainstream chain pizza restaurants, and you know a lot. A lot of followed. You know, like we said, we already said Domino's and uh, Little Caesars. There's been Papa John's since, and there's been so many other ones. And you see these big chain restaurants popping up all over the place now. Um, where I mean, currently I prefer I prefer to try the different you know the different ones, but um, you know now they're getting more fancier now, more artsy. Uh, as yeah. far as pizza goes, but you see, you you do see a lot more chain restaurants popping up now. Um, would this have ever happened if Pizza Hut never started one? I'm not sure uh, personally, but uh, I think Pizza Hut, you know, they were ahead of the game by 30 years uh, when they decided to start theirs. Essentially, well, 20 years more so, but um, but yeah, that was. I, I think they're very important on modern culture. They uh, were smart about using franchises doing licensing to market their pizza um very smart in that respect very smart and just they just made their environment a cool place to be at i think that goes a long way yeah that's for sure i think the only really criticism i have of them is uh, we kind of alluded to that earlier um like they're still sort of stuck in the 90s in a way uh, i mean they haven't changed anything but the inside of their buildings uh, you know, pretty much every other, uh, you know, chain place that I can think of has at least renovated at some point. Uh, they haven't. I th- kind of think they need to do that at some, you know, just kind of change things up a little bit. Uh, I would still keep the uh, the history of the pizza slicer. but <laughs> you know, just... Do you guys have that at yours? Yes. Okay. Yes. Right, uh, cool. They'd have different, uh, just kind of sort of pizza related pictures all over the yeah. walls. Yeah, um, which I I enjoy, so I, I wouldn't want to get rid of those. But uh, you know, uh, Wendy's and Taco Bell and and McDonald's and and all these really popular places have went through where they would renovate all their stores. Burger King, I think, just recently did it. So uh, I think they could use that. That's just a little bit of advice from a guy who never finished college. So take it for what you will. Uh, but overall, though, you're right, Pizza Hut for sure. Especially, I think, for people our age. I wonder if people younger than us would feel the same because they've had so many other options for pizza. Yeah, that's a good uh, point. But, but people our age, especially, uh, like Pizza Hut will always kind of hold a little bit of our soul, for sure, uh, for our growing up with the Book It program and all that. I'm very happy to know that that's still going on. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I thought it quit a long time ago. But no, I did, it's too. Still I, now. I thought that was the reason why I stopped getting it was because it was just done. Um but yeah, it's it's super important, especially in this day and age where like not to sound like a dad or a grandpa, but like kids don't have a whole lot of motivation to read at all. Um, they don't. You know, I watch Unless it's social media. It's social yeah. media. It's you know, I, I grew up my my little brother's eight years younger than me. You know, I graduated high school, he's in fourth grade. Um, and by that time I already experienced the book it program at three times over. Um you know, and he actually never, I don't think he ever did that. I don't, he might have did it like once, but, um, you know, he's grown up in this very technology driven age where, uh, you know, video games, computers, YouTube, uh, you know, and so much more are, are valued more heavily than reading. Uh, I love, like I said, I love to read and I think food, uh, you know, is, is kind of, you know, people complain about it, but, uh, you know, whatever, just about whatever it takes to get kids to read. I think it's so important, man. Reading is just a lost art, and you know, kids really got to learn to pick up books and, and, and learn stuff and read it and not get their information from, from a television or a computer all the time. Uh, books, just amazing, just amazing things. And, and I, you know, pretty much outside of crack, uh, you know, I, I wish people would go to use more, um, you know, 
would kind of cross promote and and try to push reading a lot more. I really do. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked that that uh, nobody else. I mean, I'm, I'm sure other companies have tried it, but uh, nobody definitely, to, to my knowledge or opinion, did near as well a job as Pizza Hut did with it. Uh, and uh, I mean, even even today, like if you're watching one 30 minute show, I guarantee you're going to see at least one pizza commercial. Yep. So, yeah. Undoubtedly, so. I literally, I literally, I have my pizza. I have my pizza. I have my pizza on mute. I have my TV on mute currently, and I literally just saw a little Caesar's one. So yeah, I'm probably gonna actually go get pizza in a little bit after this. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely getting. I will get pizza this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right, everybody, that does it for this week's well, this biweekly episode of Retro Pop. Next week, it's Johnny's turn for uh, our choice, and he has a really great one in plan. Um, all, all planned up for you, Johnny. You want to spoil it for him? I'll just give a little clue. They're very much related to what we just talked about. It's a great, like, Pizza has a great segue into what I'm going to be discussing. And that's a little something where, uh, you know, go ninja, go ninja, go, as Vanilla Ice would say. <laughs> there you have it, everybody. Make sure you find us on Facebook. We are, uh, we'll have a poll tournament for this upcoming episode. We just concluded our pizza. Uh, oh, who, term- yeah, which pizza won this one? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Stuffed Crust. I have to double check because I just posted it this morning on Saturday. Um, we had to run it late because I shared way too much stuff on Tuesday when I wanted to start the tournament. <laughs> I did. Uh, yeah, stuff crosses in the lead, seventy-one percent to twenty-nine percent. So, what's it going up against? Uh, just regular classic cheese and pepperoni. So, yeah. it's essentially yeah. the same. I kind of figured. I'd have figured to come down on those two. Yeah, yeah. I was. I wanted to see Hawaiian pizza win a match, but it's cool. Um. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> I get it. Uh, but, yeah, that is that is it for this week's episode of Retro Pop. Thank you so much for your listenership. Man, the show is growing uh, quicker than Pizza Hut did in the 60s and 70s when they went public. And we can't say enough how much we appreciate each and every one of you. Speak for yourself, Matt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, honestly, we're blown away uh, by everything. So uh, you – People are awesome, and you definitely rock, and thank you for the support, for sure. Absolutely, and we'll talk to you in two weeks for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles.